Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, Sammies, it's Ketrin. Uh, We have a little bit of a different episode today. This is a recording of a live performance that we did over the past year. Uh, So Kim and I are going to take a little bit of time off, but we'll be back with you soon. Until then, enjoy this live episode. Dread Podcast Network presents. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on, you know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared. No, no, it's just what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you for being here for yet another live podcast that we're doing. It feels like it's been years since the last one because I've been so desperate for it. Uh, it's been it was so much fun, and I really need fun these days. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited for this. Um, but I, you know what? I'm not sure who in the chat, if anybody was not at the last one so um but maybe welcome a little back. what's the show yes welcome back thank you for coming uh happy birthday cat yay thank you yes yes thank feliz you, cumpleaños yes we we uh we need to this is going to be your birthday celebration i don't know if uh kim planned some special things for you but for now uh why don't you talk about how the show works and i'm going to go dark for some Sure. So uh, we are Kim and Kat Stay Alive, maybe. And we are a horror movie comedy podcast. So what we do every episode comes out uh, once a week on Wednesdays. One of us watches a horror movie that the other one has not seen. And then we walk uh, each other through uh, the entire movie, play by play, kill by kill, plot point by plot point, stopping at different times uh, to play a game where we ask, uh, what would you do and what do you think the character does to stay alive? Alive. Yeah. Did I miss anything, Bernsey? No. I think that's it. That's what we do. Great. Yeah, I think it's what <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> so we are actually going to do a truncated version of our show tonight. Miguel actually chose two uh, 
episodes of television horror for each of us to watch. So you're going to get each of us telling a spooky tale tonight. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I guess we'll just get started. Yes, Miss Burns? That seems like a great idea. Okay. Well, let's go. I don't uh, have no idea what you're doing. So you'll have to tell me that. Yes. So I am doing an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> so is that similar to Tales from the Crypt, Miguel? Um, well, in a way, yes. It, how much do you want me to give background on these shows? <laughs> uh, you can give whatever background on the show you would like. Just that not the is just not the episode itself. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, we'll definitely not talk about the episode because um, that's all you. And I think I gave you a little bit of starting room there. But yes. um, so Tales from the Dark Side is similar in that uh, it's an anthology. So every episode was different. Um, what you both got, and this, this is one thing I I was really curious to see what your reactions were going to be. So I'll wait, um, were examples of network television from the late eighties. Yes. so this is quite different in a way from tales from the crypt, which started out on HBO, had a little money behind it. Um, had like no money, (laughs) (laughs) no money behind them, but tales from the dark side was actually quite successful. Um, and did get, uh, eventually there was a Tales from the Dark Side, the movie that was made in 1990. And, uh, they, re- they ended up, um, kind of, uh, uh, not rehiring. What's the word? Rebooting. Recruiting, thank you. Oh. They ended up recruiting a lot of their former talent who were on the show, like Christian Slater. Was yeah. on that yes. Christian, Christian Slater was on the show. <laughs> um William Hickey was on an episode and, and it ended up on the movie. Uh so yeah, the movie is f- actually way better than it had any right to be. Uh I really enjoy the film. The show is very up and down. Some of the episodes are quite excellent. Some of the episodes are like, okay. They're all very low production value. So you well, kind of have to get over that. I'm actually like the slightly more impressed now knowing that. Um, So for those of you that are not familiar with Kim and my show, we are not under any stretch of the imagination, horror experts of any kind. And that's sort of what makes our show different because we are coming into these uh, movies or TV shows cold. Like we're just along for the ride. We love her, um, but like the rule has to be that we haven't seen it. So exactly. Um, so I'm going to jump right into my little episode. I can't wait. One last thing before oh, we go. Yes. This show was created. This is the most important bit of trivia about the show as a whole. The show was created by none other than George A. Romero. Yes. I living good. Oh, so, wow. Okay. So that, and a that was going to be my next. Oh, I ruined it. I'm no, 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 not at all. I just, when his name came up on the screen, I was like, oh, damn. Okay, shit. Um, so that was very exciting. Um, all right. So I'm going to do an intro a la Tales from the Crypt. I need you to pretend that my voice sounds like the narrator in the Michael Jackson thriller video. Okay. Got but it. That would be Vincent alert. Price. Vincent yeah. Price, oh, Vincent Price. Was yeah. the voice in the Michael Jackson thriller video. 
Thank really? you, Miguel's. Yeah, that's bananas. I feel like I knew that back in the like recesses of the cobwebs of my brain, but you brought it to the forefront. So thank you. So pretend I sound Definitely like Vincent Price, that. which okay. I will not. Um, okay. Do you have a dead or alive? I do. Okay. Here we go. I remember this time. Uh, and you'll be very happy because there's only three. <laughs> Great. Uh, re- <laughs> reporter man. Not always better odds for me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, reporter man is alive. Old man circus man. Uh, dead. And Galoot, who I believe is named Janusz. Dead. Wow. Uh, guys, we just made history tonight. Uh, this is really incredible. I'm so privileged uh, to let you all know that you are witnessing the very first zero (laughs) (laughs) on our podcast. I thought you were going to (laughs) say. Congratulations. I I mean, honestly. In the game of odds, it's just as difficult to get zero out of three as it is to get three out of three. It's incredible, really. This so makes it, me so happy that we broke a precedent. <laughs> yeah, it's just thank you. you know, yeah, I so congratulations. You were say I got a hundred. Like, all right, no. But, no. Well, you Great. got a hundred if we were playing golf. Great. So I love golf. Yep, and that's what I think of when I think of you as a real golf aficionado. So here we go. Remember, my voice sounds like Vincent Price. Okay, thank you. Man lives in the sunlit world. If what he believes to be in what he believes to be reality, but there is an unseen by most underworld, a place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit, a dark side. Uh, Okay, not Vincent Price now. Okay, so we come upon, we open on a teeny tiny little circus situation. Okay. Okay. So an old timey circus where it's like you're in a tent and there's big like circus tent stakes and there's a lot of hay, you know, like that kind of vibe. I've been there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are. And it says Dr. Neese's exhibition of wonder. So now we have an an old timey reporter come in. And when I say old timey, I mean, you can, you can see him. He's in a trench coat. He's got a hat. He has a flask of whiskey in his coat with a little, you know, reporter pad. Oh, right. That he flips out a flippy flip. Yeah. Got it. So he, he comes in and he's kind of doing like sort of a cynical, maniacal laugh, if you will, of just kind of like, (laughs) of just, you know, uh, I don't approve of this circus or there's a vibe there. Judging, a little judging, judging. vibe. Yes, mm, yeah. Okay. And then he pulls out his bottle of whiskey, takes a swig, continues to laugh. And then he pulls out one of our strike anywhere matches, <laughs> <laughs> yep. which everyone had. In the 80s. In the 80s. We talked about strike anywhere matches so many times on our podcast. like, And then we do research for our Patreon about things we don't know about. And we've researched them so many times because everyone in the eighties uses them. And then they just disappeared. Everyone. It's so strange. So he lights it on dangerous, dangerous. He lights it on. Yeah. He lights it on what I can only assume is his trench coat. 
I, I strike mean, anywhere, strike anywhere matches. So yeah, he <laughs> strikes it anywhere. It alights and he lights a cigarette and then he just throws the still lit match into the hay. And I was like, sir, sir, yeah. this is why your strike anywhere matches were banned. Um, so he's looking at images on the wall and they're sort of like the old timey painted sort of portraiture looking things of what is in the circus. Okay. Um, and uh, it's like old time vampire with a bat and it's a very Nosferatu vampire. There's a vampire in this circus? Oh, yeah. We also oh. have a live mummy. Oh. And we also have a werewolf. It's like a monster squad cir- circus. It's a monster squad circus. Yeah. Okay. So now he pulls out his little reporter pad, Floop. Right. flips it out, and he starts writing. And we're getting his internal monologue. And he says, the atmosphere is cheerless. There's neither the tantalizing luridness of the gypsy's wagon nor the somber mystery of the medium's parlor. It's simply uninteresting. The last flickering flame of showmanship. I'm going to go ahead and say I disagree. Like, I'm super interested to see a circus of Monster Squad. Yeah, and I found the ambiance very creepy. Um, I did not think that this was fair reporting. So I reported him to the Better Business Bureau of Reporters. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Then we see a boot stomp out the Strike Everywhere match that was still a light. And we pan up and it is none other than the old, old uncle man from Christmas Vacation. The old old uncle man. The oldest one. The oldest man. Who lights the tree on fire. Who lights the tree on fire. Yes. (laughs) That is legendary William Hickey, a.k.a. Bill Hickey. Yes. Old, old uncle man. I'm a big fan. Is that his name? Yeah, he's the man who gets lit on fire. Yeah. So (laughs) I have a... (laughs) Wait, Miguel, I have a question for you that I would love for you to do um, some research for me because I did... I obviously didn't do it myself. I recognize this man's voice from a mm-hmm. place that was not from Christmas Vacation, though I know that movie so well. I believe he is the voice of uh, Madame Fortuna's assistant in the cartoon The Last Unicorn, where he is also in charge of a circus-type monster situation. Right. Would you mind but confirming that for me? I, I, as far as being Madame Fortuna, you mommy might, Fortuna, mommy yeah. Fortuna. Yeah. You might be, I'm not positive, so I'll look that up right now. Great, but thank you. I will say that he has done many cartoon voices, so it's very possible. Yeah, wow. because his voice haunted me and upset me in a way that felt um, very ancient from my childhood. So I believe that's what he's from. And he he is in segment two of the movie Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Ah, yes. Okay. So he comes out, old, old uncle man from Christmas vacation. Got it. Uh, and he's like, fire is the arch enemy of the circus. And I was like, ah, okay. There is a lot of hay. And the reporter says, you know me. And he says, I know you well from the article you've written, articles you've written through the years. I know you well indeed. And the reporter says, well, you've been cleverly invisible. I couldn't find you. And old, old Uncle Man says, my audience doesn't seem to have a problem finding me. So there's a lot of contention here happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sounds like they have some some 
history, maybe some history. Yeah. Okay. So old, old uncle man says people are, or no reporter man says people are determined to throw away money on such lurid fictions as you supply, uh, which point of contention reporter, man, you specifically said that it was void of luridness when you were writing your article. And now you're calling, you're saying lurid fiction. So sir, which is it? Yeah. So he pulls out an ad, you know, an old paper ad and he reads it off and it says before your very eyes, man into werewolf, see the vampire rise from his coffin, bring the children. And then he like throws the paper And he's like, how much is the investment on your audience's part, Miss Dr. Nisa? Wow. So basically his whole thing is like, you obviously don't have a vampire. You obviously don't have a werewolf, um, like, or a mummy. And so you're charging people for lies. And I know me. That's what I said. I was like, I have seen no evidence that he does not have those things. So. Uh, when he says, how much is the investment? Like, how much do you charge for this bullshit? Uh, old, old uncle man says, I only require enough to feed my troop of performers. So now we cut to uh, old reporter man sitting on a bench, like where the audience would sit, like the bleachery type situations. Right, right. And, but this is a very small circus. This is not like a big giant circus tent. This is not very Barnum small. And Bailey's. Correct. It is no no Barnum, no Bailey. Um, and now old old Uncle Man is like kind of wheeling out like a barrel, but it looks like a cleaning barrel. Like it, he looks like an old timey janitor, if you will. Okay. Like like he's gonna <laughs> clean his space circus circus space. Yeah. Okay. And he says to old reporter man, he's like, how did you find me? And uh, old reporter man says, well, I was driving in the backwoods and my car caught a burr. I rewound it several times because it sounds like he says burr in the tire. So basically something got caught in this tire and yeah, he like the little pokey sticky things. Yes. I just that shocks me that it would penetrate a tire. <laughs> Right. I mean, that has to be some, some sort of super burrs. Yeah. Super burr. Um, and then he's like, and I drove it into a tree. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. And then know, maybe was, it was the whiskey bed. Yeah. And then was wandering through the woods and stumbled upon your circus that I've been looking for intentionally and just found <laughs> by accident. Great. Um, and I was like, also, are you going to deal with your car? Like, are you leaving it there or like walking back or like, what's the deal with the car? So, uh, fucking old uncle man calls him out and he's like more carelessness from you. And, uh, old reporter man is like, but this time it brought me good fortune as a newspaper man. I always listen to rumors and this one has been persistent, a freak show that never visited big cities, but only stopped for one night in small villages. And old, uh, old Uncle Man is like, you've done your research. So Reporter Man says, I'm not paid to debunk charlatans. I'm paid to sell newspapers, which I do with awesome success. And I was like, okay, guy, calm down. But debunking charlatans is a fun little side benefit. And he's like, I pour out my disgust and disillusionment with the world. And then it's left on the doorstep with the morning milk. 
Seems like he's got a real burr up his ass. He's got a true, true burr up his butthole. Like for sure. He's just like a really like cynical, angry, whiskey drinking, bitter, non-believing dude. Um, And oh, and then he takes a swig and is like, it keeps me from going mad. And I was like, well, that I hear you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gina holds out. Yeah. Tits up. (laughs) Uh, Oh. Did everyone just see me miss my straw? I also just hit yep. my teeth with the cup. So we both oh, nailed that. We Cheers. both did great. Yeah. So um, uh, so he drinks to keep from going mad. Old Uncle Circus Man asks, are you going to stay for the show? Please. I would like to. Or just write about it without seeing it. Something tells me the article would be the same. And I was like, oh, shit. He's saying you're a bad reporter. (laughs) Um, So question one, Burns. Yes. What do you do? And what does reporter man do? Does he stay? Fucking reporter man. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think he stays. I mean, you know, he's got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, He just got called out for his research capabilities. So he's probably... Yeah, he doesn't really have a car to leave. Right. Um, Wrapped around a tree. I feel nervous, but I really want to stay too. Um, Okay. Here's what's interesting, and I can't tell you why. Because of who you are, Ms. Burns, you get a point for old reporter man. He does stay. Thank you. And because of who you are as a person and in your soul, you also get a point for you for staying. Thank you. Stay tuned to find out why. Double ding. You really did get need a double that after ding. my 100% <laughs> zero. Your 100% zero score. Yes. Okay. So, uh, reporter man is like, not only do I want to stay, would you be willing to give me a private show? And Brown old man. Yeah. And then they fuck. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, <laughs> And that's the rest of the episode. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, they were really, they were just going for it. So, uh, he's like, I'd love to give you a private show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, I'd prefer it. And I was like, you can cut this sexual tension with a knife. Am I right? <laughs> um, so then big galoot, I think his name is Janos. Um, but he's a galooty bodyguard kind of man, a, a man of few words. Um, and he's he's employed for his brawn. Okay. Um, and he wheels out on a dolly a coffin. Okay. And uh, old man Uncle Circus Man says, behold, the vampire. And uh, okay, so the guard Okay, so I mistyped gourd and wrote guard. He, okay. But gourd, he looks like a very bumpy gourd man, like his face. The it's man a, does. The, the, the vampire. The looks vampire. Like a, looks like a very bumpy gourd, you know, that okay. you may display in your autumnal centerpieces. Yes. It's a very bumpy gourd situation with <laughs> Kim hands. Not very, Taratu hands? Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Exactly. So long. So, yeah, long. so, so long. So long. 
And he also, so like if a gourd, Nosferatu, and Sloth from Goonies had a kid, it would be this vampire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he sees the reporter and like he's in vampires like in performance mode now. So we get one of these. (laughs) Here for it. But I have fangs. Yeah. So, and like a big smile. Um, like this, this gourd vampire is like kind of a ham. Like he's like into the audience. So old man is like, no, no, that's all right. Because we realized he got excited. Cause he was like, am I going to eat this guy? Like, did you bring me this guy to oh. eat? And old man, uncle circus man was like, no, no. Uh, now this is where I get very upset. Uh, because big galoot brings out a baby lamb. Oh no. And uh it is eaten. And then I cried. Uh <sighs> crawled under a table and died. Uh and then came back to watch the rest of it. Okay. So the reporter also was horrified, as I was. And he's like, and the vampire just gives us a big bloody smile. <laughs> You're a good gourd vampire. Thank you. Should that should I put that on my resume? Resume? Yeah. Right. Okay. So the reporter is like, this isn't an illusion. Like you just straight up like ate a lamb. Like what the fuck? You just straight up slaughtered a lamb. Like there's no illusion happening here. So right. he's pretty pissed. And I was like, okay, thank you. Animal rights. Um, and he's like, and you tell people to bring children? Like what the fuck? And old man circus uncle man is like, no, we would never do that in front of kids. For them, we feed him a snake or a rodent, um, which, whatever. Uh, and he's like, but we have to give them something of more substance, but like before the audience gets here. Otherwise, he's like too hungry when uh-huh. the audience gets here. And he's like, and I'm trying to prevent the kids from being eaten. So, like, really, <laughs> he's being I, a good person. Yeah, he's like being a good, like, kid person. Um, Great kids. That's person. what they're called, right? Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Someone Good who looks out for kids as a kid person. Right. I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Me neither. So, um, so he's like, uh, the vampire is now like looking sleepy and smug. Like he's kind of in a food coma. Uh-huh. He's just kind of like, hey. yeah. And, uh, he looks like a smiling gourd with pointy ears. I wrote, and, uh, we have to give him something. Oh, I already said that. Uh, by, and then he's like, by and large, it does what we want it to do, but none of our performers are 100% reliable. So, uh, Gord man, kind of Gord vampire kind of gives him like a side eye being like, that's rude. Um, and then old man reporter is like, excellent makeup job. I'll give you that. Do the teeth actually work or is there a hidden blade somewhere? Uh, then he gives like a big open mouth smile again to be like, these teeth are real bitch is what we see. (laughs) Um, but like reporter man is like still not believing that he's actually a vampire. Okay. So then the big galoot brings out two barking dogs, like two German shepherds and the vampire seems super scared. So he like goes back in his coffin and is like, bloop. And just is like, nope, I don't want to. And the dogs are just like barking and old man circus uncle man is like, um, we have like the dogs to keep out unwanted intruders. And one of them like gets off the leash and is just like barking at reporter man, just being like, I don't like you. And reporter man is like, 
this makes me uncomfortable. So he kind of like flips his book at the dog and then kind of like scurries up the bleachers and like breaks one. And so then, uh, old man circus man is like talking about finances and kind of being like, that's going to cost money to fix and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, so then he kind of jumps up. Okay. Broke it. Yes. So now reporter kind of walks over to the dog and like the dog now has like a rat in its mouth that he like caught as one of the unwanted intruders. And he's just like looking at the dog. Like, are you going to eat me? Luckily the rat was like very animatronic. So I was able to suspend my disbelief. Okay. Um, then the dog runs off and reporter man is like earlier, I accused you of a lack of showmanship, but I retract that. He's like, all this has been quite extraordinary, technically speaking. And old man is like, all right, all right. You're a tough one. Come with me. If you dare <laughs> question to Ms. Burns. <clears throat> Do you dare? And does he dare? I think he does for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to keep going. Again, if you were a different person, you would not be getting this double ding. <laughs> and oh, you will find out why. I'm glad I'm me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, He's like, also, I really hope that I have an opportunity one day to say, come with me if you dare. (laughs) Like, I just, I really want that for myself. So he's like, I really hope I get to see. Oh, no, I already said that. Okay. So he leads him into the back part of the tent, the back tent. And the reporter like laughs mirthlessly. Like he's just kind of like, (laughs) I'm cynical. So Galoot is back there with a big ring of keys, right? And he's locking a cage. And old man circus uncle man is like, normally we let them roam free. But before a performance, ticket holders are allowed to come back and observe them in a cage. Um, and he's like, a cage is does what a cage is supposed to do. And that, you know, the vampire isn't going to eat the children. He's in a cage, nor will the werewolf. Um, And so the reporter is like, uh, you mean curious brats pulling the beard of a werewolf? And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the point. That's what we're saying. So the vampire, as he walks by, kind of gives him like a, (laughs) again. (laughs) And uh, the reporter is like, oop, and scuttles away. So uh, now old man circus uncle man says, speak of the devil. And he comes to a man in a cage who is the werewolf. Now, Kim. Yes. Here's what we're seeing. I'm just seeing kind of a sweaty, hairy dude with crazy eyes. Okay. Okay. I see no wolf, nor do I see where. And the old reporter man is kind of the same. He's like, you fucking said that he changes before me eyes. So where the change, bruh? And old man circus man is like, well, we can't control the lycanthropy. You know, it's a fickle sure, situation. Sure, yeah. Um, and then, Isn't it by the moon, one would think? That's what, that is the impression I have always <clears throat> been under, but I'm not a werewolf scientist. So like, I can't say for sure, but like, that's what okay. I've been taught. Um, perhaps there's different species that um, adhere to different cycles, perhaps. I'm not sure. Maybe. 
So then Big Galoot comes over and like throws Harry Sweaty Man a big giant piece of meat, like a bloody rib kind of situation. And uh, he just kind of like chomps down on it. And the reporter is like, and just like at how he's like eating with gusto. And I'm like, but still, like, that's still just like a dude, like, yeah, eating yeah. with gusto. Like, sure. I've seen like dudes scarf Lots chicken wings, like, eat more. With gusto. Yeah. Like, so the I've seen myself like, eat with gusto. We've all eaten with gusto, right? But we're not werewolves. So um, he's like, this is disgusting, appealing to the basest Frankenstein monster dude Ooh. comes up behind him. And he kind of just like, uh, he kind of just like, is this okay uh-huh, these are his uh-huh. motor skills it's just a lot of bopping about and growling sure, sure. and he and then he kind of like bops into the reporter and then like shuffles away <laughs> as if he like doesn't know what's happening and Aww. reporter is like what the fuck and like super freaked out and like falls to the ground yeah. and old man circus man is like ugh, if it's not one thing it's another and he's like, I wasn't as successful with my reanimated corpse if I would like as I would like to be. So <laughs> <laughs> and reporters totally freaked out. And uh they like go out to where like the main area again, because that's where like the animated corpse bopped out. And like the dogs are like hurting him kind of thing. And he's just like swatting at them, but then he swats too hard and his whole head falls off. His head falls off? His whole head falls off. I hate it when that happens. (laughs) Me too. Um, So now he's headless and the dog comes over and like licks his neck stump. It's like delicious. (laughs) Um, An old man, circus man says to Galoot, he's like, can you handle this please? Like, (laughs) sir, this is, this is unacceptable. So, um, reporter is like, this is a nightmare. Oh, Okay. Reporter, he's got, he has his moment here. Okay. And he turns to old man circus man. He says, this is a nightmare to do this at all is unpardonable, but in front of children, this will not end with a simple indictment in the Sunday edition. Dr. Niece, I will not rest until this monstrous circus of yours is banned burned eradicated and then all the scenery is gone because he chewed it all up thank you <laughs> I, i'm actually going to be doing that as my monologue for auditions from now oh, on, i look so. forward to yeah. uh thank you that. thank you so the old man is just like unfazed like he's right. just like bring it bitch and so he comes in he's like despite your professional skill at phrase making I think you'll never find the words to sufficiently express all that has been aroused in you today. And then he kind of smirks. And I was like, does he have a boner? Like, is it? I I was like more sexual tension, more sexual. I mean, now that you pointed it out to me, I'm like, these guys are like about to fuck. (laughs) Um, And the reporter is like, what? And then reporter turns because he hears something. And it kind of sounds like ancient Gregorian chanting. Mm-hmm. Um, not Gregorian, but you know what I'm going for. So question three, you hear this Gregorian chanting from in the back part of the tent. 
what do you do? And what does he do? Um, I think that he's going to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am going to pass on that one. I don't find that Gregorian chanting is often coming from a place that I need to be in personally. You're really double dinging out the butthole today. Really nice job. I think it's reasonable to at this point go, thank you for your time. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen everything. It. I've seen mm-hmm. stuff. I'm I'm impressed. Uh, I'm gonna go write my article now. Uh, but Gregorian chanting is not for me. Peace. Yeah. So um reporter seems hypnotized and he goes back there and follows those dark chants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we cut to a bunch of candles around a sarcophagus. And sarcophagus. in yeah. Oh, right. I forgot about the mummy. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to meet the mummy. And in the sarcophagus is a mummy. And the reporter looks terrified, like sure. so scared. And old man says this. And this is where you'll get to learn why you being you has saved you thrice tonight. Old man is like, only true believers are safe here. Uh-huh. All doubters are encouraged to open their hearts. And the reporter's like straight up sweating, staring at the mummy. <laughs> like he like cannot hang, has no chill. Uh-huh. And he uh and then he's like, open their hearts to this horror. And we get like a shot of the mummy who's just like basically just like eyeballing around. Like he's, he's mostly just like bones and sin, dusty sinew and eyeballs. That's sure. all I mean, we're getting really all tied up. Yeah. Just eyeballing about. And, uh, the reporter like wipes his brow so that we know he's sweating despite the fact that we can see the sweat. Um, and old man is just like super chill. And he's like, I deplore the term horror. My life has been spent trying to keep alive the faith in the mystery of nature. So, Kim, question number four and final question. You did go in and follow the chanting sarcophagus. Uh, do you believe? And does I believe. believe. I believe. I mean, it's starting. Like, I mean, he seems real scared. Mm-hmm. But mm, I don't know. He's kind of a dick. I'm going to say, mm, ah, fuck. He doesn't believe and I believe. One point for you for believing, for sure. It appears that the reporter now does believe. But because it took him so long, there may be some bad things in store for him. So we cut back to the mummy who's just eyeballing around. And the reporter, like, loosens his tie and, like, covers his eyes. Like, he just, like, is so freaked out. And the old man comes over and is like, if a man believes and sees a ghost, he's very frightened. But a man who disbelieves and comes face to face with what he denies. And as he's saying this, the eyeball, the mummy is eyeballing about the reporter is sweating and like backing up. And uh, old man, circus uncle man says, uh, and if he comes face to face with what he denies, he may well die of shock. 
book. So we see the reporters like backing right up into the headless corpse man and the headless corpse man kind of like grabs him poorly. But that was enough. He didn't have to grab him hard because that motherfucker dropped like a stone of shock. (laughs) Oh, shit. Bye. Dead as a doornail. See you later, reporter. Oh, my. Now you can write your own obituary in the newspaper. So now we cut to, and then the dog comes over and is like licking his dead head. Okay. And uh, old circus man says, so perhaps my circus does provide some useful service. And as for the children, what better time to develop a sense of wonder than in one's youth Um, before it's too late. So kid person. Doing a good, good things. Total kid person. So now we cut to the circus where all the cages, you know, the cage part. Uh, But there's an audience now. So there's people milling about, looking in in all the cages and just in awe of all the creatures. And then it pans over to the final cage where we see a reanimated corpse Uh of our friend, Uh the porter man. (laughs) (laughs) The... And deserved. Yeah, Gal, talk talk amongst yourself while I total Kim's points. Yeah, all right. So I've got a, a couple of answers for you. Before okay. you start totaling, though, I have a question for you, Kat. Yes. So were you asking if William Hickey was the voice of um of that character herself, Mommy Fortuna? I thought you said I, it was like her her assistant. I th- I could that part I couldn't quite place. I just I could hear words. Yeah. being said from my childhood and phrases being said in this voice. So it, it he was not one of the voices in The Last Unicorn, but I do have to really? say that Tommy Fortuna was none other than Angela Lansbury. So I did know that. So yes, it was Angela Lansbury. She does have an assistant person that I thought maybe was William Hickey. Well, it sounds just the fuck like him. So <laughs> there we go. I say that a lot of great actors in that. Um, yeah, so... I wanted to answer that. Thank uh, you. I wanted to I appreciate also it. point out our lovely Gord vampire. This is a uh, yes. one right here. So uh, that was played by Ed French. Now, Ed French was the makeup effects artist on Tales from the Dark Side and made himself up and played that vampire. <laughs> Ed French is now a long, has a long storied career doing special effects makeup. So, I mean, uh, it was impressive. He looked exactly like a vampire gourd. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're going to see a vampire gourd. That's what it's going to look like. But I mean, he yeah. works. He, he does stuff on like Westworld now. And wow. And huge things. So um, and had a career that started way back when with like sleepaway camp. So um, uh. very interesting point here. And uh, the episode was directed by Michael Gornick. And so my friends in the chat might be interested in this name or know this name already. This is a longtime collaborator with George Romero, was the cinematographer DP on all of the classic Romero, including Martin, Dawn of the Dead, um, Night Riders, if you ever if you ever saw that one, uh, Creep Show. But oh. he also was the director of Creep Show 2. So oh. interesting things here. We he just directed watched that. this episode. We did. We just watched Creep oh. Show 2 on our Patreon for our minisodes. Oh, you did have to watch that. So uh yeah. So, um thanks for the ride, lady. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, right. so great. Okay. So Kim, your score was super easy to total, um, because you had a hundred percent zero for the dead or alive. Um, you. so you got seven out of eight for your questions though, which is fucking great. So good. So you got seven out of 11, seven, 11. I'll take it. Seven, 11 in heaven. Great. Um, oh, fucking dead or alive. You're just guessing. There's no, I, <laughs> that's why it's impressive that you're able to get a hundred percent zero. It's really, truly, it's remarkable. <laughs> okay. Take me on a ride, Burns. Okay. So our next television show is called Monsters. Ooh, let's hear it. I believe it's the same producers as Tales from the... Yes. So uh, this was produced by Richard Rubenstein, who another longtime collaborator with George A. Romero, uh, did produce this. Also produced Friday the 13th, the series, um, and is responsible for it being called that, even though it has nothing at all to do with the Friday the 13th as we know and love it. Oh, great. Uh, oh, no Jason Voorhees or anything like that. Uh, but even uses the same logo and everything. Uh, Fascinating. And it, it was actually supposed to be How called... How is that allowed? Because Paramount, it owned it. So they could use it. They, it's their own property. <laughs> they were just they, tricking he, people into watching it, basically. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. It was actually supposed to be called like something like the, the 13th Artifact or something like that. Right, yeah. It's about, it's about um, haunted items. But uh, he was like, oh, no one's going to watch that, but they will watch the Friday the 13th. It's totally bullshit. Uh, but I yeah, like that. Yeah, that's cheating. Um, and and uh, if we do this again, I have some episodes of that I'd like you to do. But Awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, Love it. Last thing on, on that, uh, Michael Gornick, who directed this, also directed a few episodes of Monsters. Oh, great. So, okay. This is Monsters. The uh, episode is called The Match Game. Ooh. Dead or Alive. Okay. Jody. Alive. Paul. Dead. Matthew. Dead. Beverly. Alive. I love a good Herbert. Bev. Dead. Okay. Did so. I get 100% zero? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, you did fine. Uh, so, so great. This show starts out with like a little family of monsters, just a mom, a dad monster, and a little, like, I think teenage daughter monster. What are ages? Cute. Um, And they're like sitting down for family hours so they can watch um, their favorite show. I love it. And here it is. Oh, okay. Here we go. Now we're watching it. So we're all watching together. We're all watching together with the monsters. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Um, The match game. So. It's daytime and it's like a big kind of old Victorian like white house that <gasps> kind of has like some boarded up windows. Ooh. And we see motherfucking Kirsty Cotton from Hellraiser. Hello, Kirsty Cotton. Yes. Welcome. And she's with uh, a boy and she's like, everyone thinks this place is possessed. Let's check it out. Oh, Kirsty. And Didn't I was you like, learn yes. anything? <laughs> <laughs> so she runs up the steps and he looks a little wary. Sure. Um, the uh, so now we're like on the big porch out front. Mm-hmm. You see it. 
beautiful. Oh, I do. Gorgeous. Victorian um, porch. She is getting a hammer from under a table or something that was hidden there, but she's like, it's the exact spot from last time. So I think okay. that's what they're using to get into the house or whatever. Um, okay. Okay. So it's their hiding hammer and they yeah. leave it there to get into the yeah. house. Okay, cool. I, I didn't see the mechanics of how they get in, but this hammer seemed important. Great. Uh, but we never see it again, but right now it's important. So okay. Paul is her gentleman friend mm-hmm. and he is asking if she's sure that um, her friends are okay with him coming tonight. And she's like, of course, like, it's going to be fun, you know? And he's like, well, they don't really know me, you know? And she's like, well, whose fault is that, Mr. Distant? Oh, look at you calling it out. Paul the dreamer. That's what the girls call him. But they they think you're a mental or something. But I think it's part of the appeal. (laughs) Oh, honey. Oh, dear. Oh, sweetie. In there. You'll learn. So she goes... And he kind of just like leans against like one of the big posts, you know? Sure. Yeah. And as he does that, there's whispers. Bah, 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 bah. And he like lets go and the whispering stops. Oh, no. That's never good. And then good. she comes up behind him and she's like, all set? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. And he's like, yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, who lived here before? And she's like, I don't know, some guy who built the place. He killed himself out by Beggar's Pond. Why are you so chill about this, (laughs) ma'am? Holy bananas. It's definitely haunted. Well, he says that this place is weird. And she's like, that's what's so great. It helps with the mood. Last time we got, I got so scared that I had trouble sleeping all night. So basically they're like going in to do spooky stuff. To be creepy. Okay. Okay. Again, been there. Totally. So now she kind of like walks down the steps back out. Um, cause they, I guess they were just setting up. I don't know. It was daytime. So she's like, we got to go before people see us. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of stands and contemplates and she calls for him and he starts to go down and has an ominous turn back at it. <laughs> that was a good ominous turn. Thank you. You're welcome. Now it's nighttime. And now there's an ominous shot of the house. Wow, you are nailing this ominousness Thank like you. really so well. You're welcome. <laughs> and inside the house, I there's still it's one of those like old houses that's like boarded up but still has random furniture around, kind of, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I do. Um, so there's like a big old clock that's at like just dead at like 7:40. Um, they have candles lit everywhere, and we see motherfucking Tori spelling. Tori Gadam spelling. Okay. With her, I assume, little boyfriend, um, Ruler from Buffy the Vampire. From Buffy the Vampire. Movie. Yes. Yes. And Dazed and Confused. Oh my gosh. What a fun little party we're at right now. I know. Oh, and great. then my brain didn't compute because I was like, how the fuck are Tori spelling and Kirstie Cotton in the same? place at the same time and the same age. And then I looked it all up, but I guess it all kind of works. Like this was made in 1989. Hellraiser was made in 1987. And then it turns out 1990, (laughs) started in 1990. Well, God damn it. Ain't that some shit. So Kirstie Cotton and Tori Spelling are the 
Same age-ish. Same age? Weird. I mean, on TV at okay. least. But right. They're the same TV age. Yeah. But okay. I was okay. just like, yeah. My brain so, fell out too. And yeah. Grueler. I love Grueler. And this is, if if this is not a straight up audition for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like it's the same like kind of character. It's very I funny. love it. I love it. Um, he's great. So, um, Tori and Grueler are like having, um, a little talk amongst themselves and Tori's a little nervous and, um, Grueler's like, it's no big deal. Like I used to break in here a ton, like as a kid, whatever, you know? And she says that Paul, Kirstie's boy kind of gives her the creeps. Like he's kind of weird. Okay. And we see like Paul over in another area, like awkwardly touching something. <laughs> I can only oh. assume to see if he hears whispers. <laughs> oh no. I mean, we've all been there too. When your friend is dating a weirdo and you have to just be quiet until they figure it out too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's hearing wall whispers. <laughs> Did you just try to think about who your friends thought was creep was creepy? Yeah. I was like, who are our weird boys? Yeah. Probably I'm too sh- many to count. Yeah. Probably m- the it's more who weren't our weird boys. <laughs> I think that's a, sh- I think that's a shorter list. Hmm. Well, uh, boop, bop, bop, bop. Um, oh, so Gruller's like, no, he's just shy, whatever. Um, and Kirstie goes up to Paul and, and, you know, she's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, fine. So they sit down in a circle on the floor mm-hmm. and Gruller is like, okay, this is how it works. <laughs> Fucking Gruller. <laughs> So he pulls out a box of strike anywhere matches. You have got to be fucking kidding me. I'm not fucking kidding. Like did did the strike anywhere company have some sort of deal with the eighties that they had to like appear in every, every I'm dying. I'm I'm on mute and I'm laughing so hard. I (laughs) not heard everything. This is said it. I was like, no, that's crazy. Okay. So literally he pulls out a giant box of them and like grabs a bunch and starts passing it around the circle. So they are all taking some, like Paul's like putting it in his little pocket. Uh-huh. Um, got my matches in me pocket. Sure. And um, basically he's like, what we're going to do is the first person lights a match and starts telling a story until the match burns out. Oh, okay. And then it moves on to the next person and they light a match. And so they're like, and it's like, they continue the story around the circle, basically. Side note, can we play this one night? I know. I was like, oh my gosh, we have to play this on Halloween when we do our spells and things. Uh, This is a great idea. Great. So, um, beep, boop, boop. He, so Gruller starts, this bitch just straight up lights the match with his thumb. (laughs) Like a Sexy motherfucker. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, panties drop. Yeah, like, (laughs) I, you can, like, strike that match on my pantaloons, sir. (laughs) I am, wow. I did not know that that was, like, part of my kink was, like, strike anywhere matches. Like, I didn't know that that was, like, wow. Okay, something to explore. We really missed out on that in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, we did. Wow. Okay. 90s kids, but Okay. He starts. It's been 50 years since he threw himself 
into Becker's Pond, ending his misery forever. His name, Herbert Waverly. And then we see a swampy little area and like a hand starts to come up out of it. Oh, like uh, cut to cut uh, somewhere to. else. Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay. To. Not um, like a swamp in the living room of the house. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I can assume is probably Becker's pond. Um, then there's a commercial break. Then we come back and <laughs> there's a shadow <laughs> of something walking and kind of like, Oh no. Now it's Tori's turn. Old Herb Harvey, Herbie, I wrote Harvey, but I think his name's Herbie, was a very rich and handsome man. He could have any woman he wanted except for the one woman he wanted. Isn't that always how it is? Fucking Gruller's mad because he's like, this is supposed to be scary. Ah. She's trying to tell like a love tale. And she's uh, like, it's my time. It's terrifying, okay? Said, Fucking don't go outside me. <laughs> Bitch, please. <laughs> Kim's like, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then she tries online dating. <laughs> herself on fire. <laughs> With a start getting romantic. <laughs> so she's like, it's my time. I say what I want. She continues. This lady that he loves, she lived on the other side of town, and she was the wife of a prominent politician and farmer. Her name was, I think she said gentleman farmer, to be fair. If a that gentleman farmer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gentleman I mean, I farmer. guess if it's 50 years ago and we're in the 80s, then it's like the 30s. You know? The 30s. So- Gentlemen farmers. Okay. What well, you know? Well, postmortem gentlemen farmers <laughs> <laughs> and slash politician. Yeah. Her name is Ethel Schwartz. Sure. And Gruller has like a little like stick, sticks his tongue out at her and has like a fake spider or something. Mm. Pass it on to Kirstie. Okay. Herbie and Ethel meet on the sly for months. <gasps> Ethel sneaks out to meet at the pond. But rumors start spreading around the town. Uh-oh. And eventually, they reach Ethel's jealous husband. <gasps> oh, no. You never want your tea to make it back to the husband. One night, the politician locked his wife in the attic, attic and went to the pond to wait for Herbert. And they had a terrible fight. Okay. Now it's Paul. But Herbert was bigger and stronger. And he grabs this guy by the throat and drags him to the edge of the pond, forces his head beneath the water, and his lungs fill with rancid waters of the pond, and soon he's dead. Wow. Paul really took it for a scary turn. And now they all look at the match in Paul's hand, and it isn't burning down at all. It's still lit at the very top. Uh oh. So Paul keeps going. Oh no. Rain falls. Herbie buries the body in a shallow grave, hops on his horse, and gallops off to claim his beloved. The rain is coming down in torrents, but Herbert pushes on and he sees the home of his lover in the distance. Oh, good. 
It's all dark except the light in the attic. Match is still lit. What? He sees her um, form in the window. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Paul's telling his tale. And it's not like he's like telling the people. He's just like, and the story, like as if he's almost like watching Watching it. Like, it. He's like really fucking into it. Yeah. And he says, suddenly there's a bolt of lightning and a crash of thunder. And then th- there's a bolt of lightning, a crash of thunder outside the house. Ah! So scary. Oh my God. And his fucking match is still. Still lit. Oh shit. Okay. This is not boding well. (laughs) Yeah. The horse whinnies and rears and it throws Herbert from the saddle. And as he's in midair, he sees it. He's heading right for it. The sharp blades of a threshing machine. And then Grueler's like, "Ah," and scares uh, Tori and like laughs about it. Yeah. Do we know what a thresher machine is? It's the, it's the cutty thing on a farm. Cutty cut stuff. Okay. So it's like just a really big, scary thing that you don't want to get in the way of. <laughs> Best yeah. description ever. Okay. Yeah. Like it's the. Yeah. No, I like perfect. I know exactly what you're talking about now. It's yeah. a bunch of pointy points. Yeah. Lot Stay of out of the way. It's to thresh you. Right. And yeah. thrash you. Nobody wants to get thrashed or thrashed. Right. Or do they? Or do they? Does so, he have any strike matches? <laughs> hey. Herbie screams as the sharp blades cut into his face. Deep skin splits, exposed bone and muscle and blood and pain. Oh, no. So much pain. <gasps> oh, no. And so close to the house, he can hear the clock in the farmhouse Toll midnight. Oh. Bong, bong. The clock in this house now strikes midnight. But it was dead. The clock was dead. You told me the clock was dead. (laughs) They all look at it. Thunder and lightning. And then the match goes out. Why are they still in this fucking house? Tori feels the same way. She's like... Who's the wise guy? Who did this? Yeah. That clock was stuck. Um, the hands were nowhere near midnight. And Kirstie's kind of like, maybe there's like a, a spring that was wound up or the thunder like s- struck it loose. Come on, Kirstie. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> More thunder and lightning. <laughs> and now we see again back outside. It's kind of like, just the hand kind of wet, dark handish of someone out mm-hmm. front of the house. Shoot. Back inside, Tori wants to go home. Question number one, what do you do? What do they decide to do? Uh, they decide to stay because they're big, dumb idiots and they're too curious. And I have to admit, I get it. This is a very curious situation. I would love, I am very excited to know what the end of all of this is. Uh, however, as a much more mature adult now, I did just have my birthday. I'm going to get the fook out of this fucking house because I'm pretty sure I'm about to get, I don't know, fucking haunted or something. Double ding. Double ding. Yeah. She's yeah. like, motherfuckers, let's go. But Grueler is like, yeah, yeah, totally. But let's, uh, how about we take a vote? <sighs> That's so Grueler. 
I know. And then Kirstie and Paul are just kind of like, Paul's like, well, we started it. I guess we should finish it. <sighs> this is, this is, I'm speechless. So now they all sit down in the circle again. Grueler's turn. Slowly, Herbert pried himself free from the blades, broken leg dragging behind him and blood pouring out of his wounds. And he starts his long journey home on foot. Oh my God. I would just be like, thrash me the rest of the way. Like, <laughs> right? I'm just do me in. Done. <laughs> I'm not going to try to come back from this. <laughs> Tori, Herbert walks home to hear this very house. Okay. And he collapses at the front door near death. Sure. Kirstie's turn. Herbie survives but lives the rest of his life as an embittered old man, his face so scarred and twisted that no one can look without turning away in horror, even his beloved <gasps> Ethel. Oh, no. Oh, that's a real fucking bummer. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Okay. It's real sad. Yeah. Paul's turn. Mm-hmm. Each day he grew meaner, angrier, and he became more and more disfigured until he could no longer look at himself without screaming in agony and turning away. (sighs) He tore all the mirrors from the walls and stored the mirrors upstairs in a bedroom that he never entered. Hmm. Finally, in despair, crazed with loneliness, he filled his pockets with stones and threw himself into Becker Pond. Oh, man. Hubie, there are much quicker ways to off yourself. That (laughs) That sounds horrible. That is just really pouring salt in the wounds, sir. (laughs) All of the wounds. All of the wounds, yeah. Back to Grueler. His body died, but his hate lived on. And it's nights like these, Thunder Lightning, that Herbert Waverly comes out of the muck of the pond and returns home. Oh, crap. He follows the blood left behind on that, from that rainy night, thunder lightning. And now Tori like just holds up like an unlit match and is like, <laughs> um. And so Kirsten just like <laughs> takes it out of her hand. Oh, Donna. I love it. <laughs> And Kirsty says, you can still see blood on the road when the pavement's wet and the moonlight hits it just right. People say to stay away from Becker's Pond on nights like this, but most of all, stay out of Waverly Mansion because Herbert will kill anything that gets in his way. If you see him, run. Run as fast as you can and don't look back. Burns, turn. Yes. I don't mean to be an idiot, but isn't that where we are right now? We're in Waverly Mansion. What? Yeah. I think that's what you just said. I am in a real host situation. I know you are. It's it's creeping me out, so. We are in Waverly Mansion. <laughs> Paul's turn. Don't look back. Don't look in his eyes. There's so much pain and hatred. One look could drain the soul from your body. Oh, man. And then we see dark, wet boots start to walk up the steps outside. Oh, shit. Paul says, he's out there. And we hear the sound of a gate opening. And Paul says, he's through the gate. 
dragging himself up the sidewalk. He's at the door. They all look at the door and there's like something trying to open it. And Paul says, he knows we're in here. And then Tori gets the fuck up and is like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, and, and Gruller's like, it's just a story. And Tori's like, I heard something outside. And she's like freaking out. Yes, Tori. Question number two, what do you do? What does Gruller do? Gruller? This fucking guy. Uh, fucking Gruller opens the front door and he's like, see, there's nothing there, babe. But there is. Uh, I uh, am a grueler that has gone to therapy, worked through my toxic masculinity, and I'm going to say, you know what? This is freaking me out, too. So I'm going to go out the back door with all y'all. This was fun. We're going to go out the back door. I'm going to quickly interrupt just to ask Kat to look behind you and check out the candles. (laughs) Do they look cool? They do look cool, but okay. I also am getting a uh, uh, dark smudges on my. I was like, uh, "Is your wait. wall slightly on fire, though?" Yeah, <laughs> it kind of looks like it, but it's not really HD, so I can't really tell. Yeah, no, it's not on fire. I'm just gonna have to get some like Mister Clean magical erasers up in that bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah. But it's just want to keep you safe. All right, bye. Close. Thank, thank you, Miguel. Fairly close. <laughs> Appreciate that, Miguel. Yeah. Our virtual fire extinguisher. (laughs) Okay. That's one and a half points. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Because Gruller says basically that, like, there's no one out there, but he goes to the window, not to the door, Mm. and he looks out, but it's like the window right onto, like, the porch or whatever. Right. And he looks out, and then he turns back to them, and he's like, nobody. Then someone jumps through the window. (laughs) tackles him they all scream what i I thought you were frozen for a second and i was like did i know no i was frozen in fear i was frozen in fear i was frozen in fear i thought you were internet frozen i was frozen (laughs) (laughs) grueler gets tackled yeah (laughs) and um uh, everyone else screams and like backs up towards like the stairwell. Um, and then Gruller kind of gets away, but he grabs the fire poker from the floor. We're in like the living room, you can assume. Yes, yes. I love those fire pokers. And he's yelling at everyone else, like, get out of here. And Tori's like freaking out, you know, and like Kirstie's holding her back. Question number three, what do you do? What do the girls do? What do the girls do? Hmm. Okay. Have, do we have a visual on the attacker? Yes. The attacker has it basically the attacker and ruler are like right next to each other. Okay. Is the attacker swampy? Yes. Okay. Okay. Very. Um, listen, my objective is to stay alive. Okay. So, um, I'm going to be like, Grueler, good luck. We're going to head out the back. Bye. Um, we'll call the police. Bye. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Okay. The girls. So, okay. Grueler grabbed a fire poker. Yes. Mm, but yes. then what happened to it? Is it, is he still holding he's it? Holding it. Yeah, yeah. He's still holding it. Okay. Um, I think they try to light the swampy man on fire with an everywhere strike match, strike everywhere match. 
point for you. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, just leave. Sorry, yeah. Vampire Swamp Man now. Yeah, sorry. Um, they do our least favorite thing in a horror movie. They ran up the fucking stairs. <laughs> they ran fuck the stairs. these bitches. <laughs> Goodbye. Wow. They legit like run up the stairs. Paul stays at the bottom, but he's like going to go with, but he like ends up watching what happens. Um, so Guess what Brewer, else is upstairs? That fucking room of mirrors, haunted mirrors up there. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So Gruller's like slashing at the fucking swamp man. Right. And, but not even close to hitting him. And then finally like stabs him in the chest, but his whole like arm goes straight through. So he oh. pulls his hand back out with no fire poker. And it's just like goop swamp. Like, oh, goop swamp. 50 year old oh. goop swamp. Oh man. That's gross. And then he's like distracted by that. And so then swamp monster picks him up by the head. No. And snaps his neck. <gasps> Roller. Yeah. Wow. Rest in power, buddy. Sorry. So at this point, Paul runs upstairs. The three of them shut themselves in a room. They're all fucking screaming and freaking out. And um, These this room has a whole bunch of like things covered with blankets. You know, old house. So creepy. Yes. The creepiest fucking thing ever. And Paul pulls one off. What's underneath? Um, a really dusty, but, uh, very expensive, could fetch you a pretty penny on eBay antique and a swamp man. <laughs> How many points? A hundred percent, zero points. What? God damn it. <laughs> I thought you were going to get it. Cause you just mentioned this. It's a mirror. A mirror. Well, I did. Let's here. Let's get in our time machine and go backwards. <laughs> I just was really excited about the Victorian furniture. Well, there's a Victorian mirror. It was a Victorian mirror. I'm so sorry I let you down, everyone. Um, and so like they're all mirrors. Basically, it's the room of mirrors. Sure. And Tori's like, oh my God, this isn't happening. And then she's like, get away from me to Paul. Like you, because then she freaks out. Cause she's like, you knew about this fucking room of mirrors. Like, yes. Like you did this. Like you're evil. Yes. yes. So question five, you're Tori. What do you do? What does she do? Oh my God. But like now I'm upset. <sighs> I mean, I'm going to leave the house. Like I'm get leaving. Goodbye. Tori. How are you leaving? I know I'm annoyed. Like I'm going to go back down the stairs. Ooh, you know what I'm going to do? All right. I'm going to break one of these motherfucking mirrors and I'm going to get me a nice little shard to whip to be my weapon. And then I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to be like, stay back swamp man. And just, you know, leave out the door. Okay. Uh, Tori. So she's pretty pissed at Paul. She's like pretty pissed. She's like, you're straight evil, bro, because what the fuck is this room of mirrors that you told about in your mm-hmm. fucking fake story yeah, that you yeah. just made up? Yeah, yeah. Um, and now there's a swamp man also. And now there's a swamp man. Um, I think Tori also like breaks a mirror to have a shard, but like threatens Paul and is like, get away from me. Stay back. 
I'm going to give you zero points again. God damn it. Mostly because like we learned that the fire poker didn't really work. So I don't know how like a shard of glass, like po- a pokey, another pokey is going to work. Another pokey is going to work. Okay. I, I guess I was more just like, try, like tr- I wasn't going to, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if I you're using you. it as a pokey. A pokey work. didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Fair. But so she is like, you're fucking evil. She like backs up, turns to the door, opens it. At that exact moment, a hand swamp reaches in, grabs her neck and kind of like starts like strangling her a little bit. And she's like, help me, help me. Question six, you're Paul and Kirsty. What do you do? What do they do? Um, Okay. So the pokey didn't work. But he also seemed like very swampy, like without full substance. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna chop his arm off with a piece of glass and run for it. Um, and then what do they do? Uh, so like she's in the door frame, mm-hmm. kinda. I think they're going to like try and close the door on him and like shut his arms in the door. Kind of. He's kind of in like now, like the door oh, is open in now. and he's in. Okay. Cause now <gasps> he's got, it's now it's a two hand strangle. Oh no, we're both going to do this. I'm changing my answer. We're both going to do this. Okay. We're going to unveil a mirror and we're going to be like, look at yourself. What do you have to say for yourself? Swamp man. And he's going to be like, no, nah! point for you yes they stand there and watch you fucking idiots god damn it the monster just squeezes her head into a piece of 80s mush wow wow some friends some friends you got there tori damn (laughs) I mean, I promise that I would not die earlier. So I don't, I, I think you can get off your high fucking. Here's the thing. Grueler can't be talked to. And I was trying to save myself. I didn't just stand in the corner and let him die. See, see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm saying they saved themselves by not doing anything. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, I guess when you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but at that moment, so she's, her head's a, a melted candle mush. into mush. And uh, then he looks up and sees that mirror that they had uncovered, right? And, and he sees himself and gets all freaked. Sure. Been there. So now question seven, what do you do? What do they do? We're both going to be like, uncover all the mirrors. Uncover all the mirrors. And then run out the door. Well, I'm going to run out the door. They probably stay there to see what happens like idiots. But we're both going to uncover all the mirrors. One and a half points. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, use your mirrors and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, the mirrors, ha- he is. He doesn't like them. Like, we now have proof. This is another running up the stairs moment because Paul picks up the mirror, like, picks up a mirror, holds it in front of, like, them to kind of just push Swamp Man back. So he, no. like, goes out of the room and then they close the door. But now you're still in the room, Paul. Now you're still in the room. And so then they put like a piece of furniture in front of the door that happens to have an old oil lamp on it. 
thankfully they've got a fucking strike anywhere match in his pocket. So he lights it on up. Wow. Great. Great. And then he like sets up, um, another mirror, like on a chair right in front of that. Okay. Um, so it's like the first thing if he got in that he would see, um, downstairs swamp monster is actually down there and he picks up the fire poker. Swamp monster picks up the fire poker. Okay. He does. Back upstairs, Kirstie is like, how did you know about the room? And Paul says, I didn't. I made it all up. And now he's uncovering all the mirrors. Right. Okay. Just going around as they're talking. And um, Kirstie's like, Grueler, Tori, and I have done this like a thousand fucking times and nothing's ever happened. Um, oh. So like, what the fuck? Because um, You're the new weird boyfriend, Paul. Yeah. And now we see outside the room um, monsters starting to come back upstairs. And Kirstie says that. She's like, it's something in you. We made it up, but you brought it here. (gasps) Oh, no. Question number eight. What do you do and what does she say we need to do? Okay. Um, We need to murder Paul. Uh, Just kidding. Am I? Am I kidding? I don't know if I'm kidding. I'll try to read my face. <laughs> uh, okay. You brought it here. You brought it here. Okay. I think we're going to be like hand in hand. We're going to be like, we're going to have you tell the, tell a story where it's like, and then Swamp Monster melted into very nice mush and we went home unscathed. The end. (laughs) Yay! Yay! She says, you brought it here. You can send him away. We've got to finish the story. The story. And Paul is kind of like, I guess a little scared at this point because he just like, backs up against a wall, like in the corner of a room and like sits on the ground. And she's Paul. like, we have to finish this story, Paul. Get it together, Paul. Paul. <sighs> At this point, fucking Swamp Monster starts to open the door. Sure. So fucking Kirstie Cotton is like, bitch, I'll do it. She lights a match. Yeah. She says, the storm outside grows wilder and more fierce. And the monster is now like pushing back like the furniture at the door. So he's like getting in, but they're like kind of on the other side of the room. Okay. Um, as Herbert Waverly tracks down his last two victims. I'm like, bitch, if you're going to tell a story, this doesn't sound like you're going in a good direction. Yeah. I'm like, just say like, and then he dies unexpectedly without incident and we leave. Why are, what? <laughs> But the now Swamp Monster is inside and he takes the fire poker and shatters the mirror. Jesus. So Kirstie screams and then Monster starts shattering all all the the mirrors. mirrors. Yeah. Question nine. You're Paul. What do you do? What does he do? Paul starts telling the story. I start telling the story. A very uneventful end to a monster story where everyone lives and it is totally uncinematic. The end. Thank you. Bevel thing. <laughs> he lights his match. 
all of a sudden something outside distracts the monster. And so now Swamp Monster like starts to look out the window. So he's like standing right in front of them and like right in front of the window. And Paul says, Lord to the window, the storm lashes out and a tree branch then breaks through the window and stabs into Swamp Monster. Oh, okay. But then Swamp Monster just rips it right out. Because he's swamp. Yeah. And Paul says, the sun is rising in the east, chasing away the rain, burning off the clouds. It is daylight and Herbert must return to the pond. But the monster keeps coming towards them. Oh, no. The sun is rising in the east, chasing off the clouds, burning off the rain. It is morning. He must return to the pond. Yeah. And monster lifts up the poker over his head and then disappears. <gasps> you came through, Paul. And the poker falls to the ground. The rain stops. The sun shines through the window. Kirsty and Paul get up. They walk outside. It's daylight. There's birds chirping. And they slowly walk down the steps away from the house. Go get brunch. Uh, Sure. Wow. I I love a story that ends with brunch. Mm -hmm. It's a happy tale. Yeah, it is. Fucking, you know, they made some they made some bad moves, though, guys. (laughs) Well, some of their friends are now dead. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess, you know, this is a a tale that not all creepy Pauls are bad. (laughs) You know, some of them end up killing swamp monsters. Averse to what we expected. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So this was, how did I do, Bernsey? Okay. For Dead or Alive, you got three out of five. Not bad. For questions, you got 11 out of 17. Yeah. For a total of 14 out of 22. I'll take it. (laughs) Good job. Stayed alive. Very nice telling, Ms. Burns. (laughs) Thank you. It was really lovely. I was really in it. Oh, what about our monster friends that were watching it with us? Uh, We never see them again. Never see him again. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Okay. Just a little intro. Well, well, I thought I thought I had made some new friends, but I guess I got ghosted or monstered. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Rude. All right. How do we do, Miguel? You did fantastic. A couple of a couple of things about this episode of Monsters, the match game, which is a good one. I like this episode quite a bit. I loved it. Um, oh, the match game. The match matches. Game. Match. I the got it. Strike match anywhere game. match. Yes. Got it. Okay. It's a, it, it's a pun, you see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting things about this. Uh, the writer of this one is David Chaskin, who uh, the, my friends in the chat will be interested, interested to know. This guy not only wrote The Curse, which is one of the first like big film adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft's The Color from Outer Space, which is, of course, now we know has been remade with uh, with Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Good also starring Cage. Wesley from, uh, from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, Wesley's in The Curse. So he wrote that. He wrote I, Madman, which is a one I really like. But most notably, he wrote A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, <gasps> don't know is the uh, oh. LGBT friendly Mi- Freddy Mi- movie. 
Miguel, did you watch the documentary on that? Of course. Oh I love it. I Cream Queen. Was, Cream I Queen. was sobbing. Sobbing. Yeah. Sobbing. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's a great so documentary good. for anyone who's watching this. Definitely. It's on Shudder, I think. Definitely mm-hmm. watch uh, Scream, comma, Queen. Uh, Scream, Scream Queen. Scream Queen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mark Patton. It really follows the adventures of, of Mark Patton, who's a really wonderful person, by the way. I, I he think. is. Scream he is. Comma. It's very clear that he is. Speaking of wonderful people, the music on this film was by my friend John Masari. Oh. Uh, who's done many things including most know him from doing the score for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh! oh. Yeah, love it. yeah, I got to interview him on, on the Frida stage about that. So this is kind of fun. Another one of the reasons I wanted to choose this episode, although he did about the, the music for five or six Monsters episodes. He did not do the main theme, uh, which was done, I believe, by the producer... Uh, uh, Robert Rubenstein's brother did that great meme theme. When you described the weird family at the beginning, yeah, it's a really weird suburban monster family. Sure, yeah, like so. Both of these shows were were really enhanced by those openings, like Tales from the Dark Side's opening gave me nightmares really but, yes but i mean you have to understand i was i was pretty young watching yeah yeah so, yeah uh so i think i was 10 when that went on the air and it's just a really creepy like obviously by today's standards it's not but um it's no it's a, unsettling it's an unsettling beginning like the the opening is scarier than pretty much anything that happens in any of the episodes um and i love it and i love the way you read it because it, it's you know some of us have that just seared onto our brain yeah um but monsters that opening is just so bizarre like the music <laughs> really is. is bizarre the dad and the mom and the dog and the Ooh, crispy critters and yeah there yeah you need to <laughs> you need That's to see it it's weird. so weird it's so weird i love it so yeah i was really happy to get the uh that for you also i wanted to mention tom woodruff jr plays herbert the swamp monster so i know i saw that yeah i don't know if y'all got to meet him because he he's at monster palooza every year huh. um and as is kirsty cotton <laughs> as good long- old kirsty yeah, um, but Tom, you know, for again, the chat people would really be interested in this guy. He is a sto- he's a storied monster suit actor, and uh, he was Pumpkinhead, Monster he Squad. Alien. Yes, he, he was Gilman in the Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Goro in the Mortal that shitty Mortal Kombat movie that I still kind of like. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, a huge number of gorillas in various films. Uh, so yeah, Tom Wood Jr. Uh, it's pretty cool to see him. So yeah, this is a fun, a fun one. I like this one. I like both those episodes. I think they're both fun. I hope this was a blast. This Yay. was so fun. Yeah, Yay. this was awesome. I hope we did you proud. You always do. I, I was dying. It's kind of odd being um, not on mute because, like, I'm laughing my ass off over here. Uh, yeah. So I did mention my fate. I'm going to go to the chat because. Uh, yeah. Tell us what's happening. We can't. A bunch of people anything. are talking throughout the chat. So that's fun. But I, I did, love it. My favorite line of the night is 
thrush me the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was brilliant. That was, yeah, I don't need to come back from that. No. <laughs> a lot of people laughing and talking about the strike anywhere match. When you're talking about Paul, he has the strike forever match. It's a trick match, like the birthday candles you can't. Yes. yes. <laughs> people Those laughing are... about the cutty thing when trying to describe what a thrushing. <laughs> I, I really don't know what that though. machine is, but I'm pretty sure it's that. No, yeah. No, that's it. You were correct. And I knew, I knew like literally exactly what she was talking about as soon as she described it. Because we live inside each other's brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really funny. Um, people commenting, oh yeah, lots of people saying the children for a cat story. For <laughs> dark side. Yeah, he's just Got doing him. it for the kids. It's for the kids. The children comes up again. Next, all right, this one's great from John. Next stump, <laughs> neck stump is the new <laughs> bone marrow hitting all the hipster bars soon. <laughs> it was just his neck stump. <laughs> and then next when stump. we were talking about the gourd, everybody's making gourd puns. Like, that vamp is gorgeous. <laughs> oh, my gourd. <laughs> so, That's... Yeah. It was fun. I can't really keep up with the chat because it goes pretty quickly and I'm listening to It you. does. It goes so fast, but yeah. I love it. I love having this little like recap at the end since we don't yeah. get to so, since you don't get to see it either. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're just talking ooh. to ourselves. Oh man, I had so much fun. I would love to do this again. I've got so like I, as I was telling you in the text, I've got so many shows like this in my back pocket and I own everything. So we're totally down. All Sounds right. awesome. This so was a blast. Fun. Um, hopefully, oh yeah, <laughs> Jeff says you'll be hooked. Everyone's saying thank you. Carol Ann says two great tales. Thanks you all. Carol Ann says I love these ladies. Yay! Uh, thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Coming the 90210 theme. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so coming up, uh, just a few things that we have, of course. Uh, tomorrow, we've got our discussions for blocks one and two of the Campfire Tales. The first one's at 5.30 PST. The second one's at 8 p.m. PST. We've got a lot of confirmed filmmakers, so make sure you're around for those. Um, Tuesday, if anyone's in Orange County, I will be introducing John Carpenter's The Fog on the drive-in screen. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so that's been fun. And then the following Tuesday, I'll be doing Deep Red. Uh, for the drive-in. So I'm driving to Tustin a lot, but, uh, but that's fun. I really <laughs> have enjoyed that. <laughs> Tustin is like this little town in Orange County. Uh, yeah. I had never heard, well, I'd heard of it, but I had never been there before I started doing these drive-ins. Um, but I'm, I've really enjoyed that. It's, it's awkward because when I'm doing the introduction, I, it's dark. I can see nothing. Just cars. Yeah. Just cars. And I can't hear myself. Oh, so you're yeah. in the microphone, and um, but I can't hear myself because you people just hear it on their car radios. Weird, yeah, that's oh, very that's very so I, disconcerting. Oh man, it freaks me out. And then so someone recorded the last one I did for Houseu. I did uh, House, the Japanese film. Yeah, and um, and so oh yeah, we recorded your intro. I was like, oh, let me hear that, and it's like I'm screaming. And <laughs> I, yeah, I realize it's like when you have headphones on and you're yes. to normal. You're super loud. And that's yes. what. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. What else do I have coming up? I've got Dark Whispers. So at the end of the month on Halloween weekend, we've got a weekend long availability for a, it's an, a feature length anthology film 
all Australian women directors. It's called Dark Whispers. Very good. Cool. Definitely watch that. We've got a live Q&A for that as well. Uh, the Q&A will be Sunday, November 1st, but it, it's available starting on Halloween. Just two days for that feature film. And Love I know it. I'm forgetting something. Hey, chat, what am I forgetting? <laughs> no, I forget. I'm doing a big month. Spooky month. Yeah. Yes, it's a big month. Ooh, oh, you got it. I do got it. And, and both of you, I, I, I'm wondering if you're available since you were so wonderful at the last one. You remember when we did the chat along with Dr. Butcher, MD? Medical yeah, Medical. yeah, yeah. We're doing another chat. Oh, along. Love it's it. On Sunday, the 18th. Um, I think I put 730 or 8, but I'll confirm that. Oh, uh, and this film fun. is called Burial Ground, The Nights of Terror. Oh, fun. It's, uh, it's slightly, maybe like by a notch higher quality than <laughs> Dr. Butcher MD. <laughs> but just a notch. Just a- but just a notch. And uh, it's, it's, there are parts of it that are even more crazy, including the legendary Peter Bark who was a diminutive man. He was maybe 27 in this film, but he's playing a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, no. That is not setting someone up for success. Like like, like in a Pen15 sort of way, but not meant to be way. Yeah. Uh, I will say no more because it, it gets pretty nasty. But um, Oh, shoot. <laughs> This movie is hysterical when you watch it with a group. And I hope, I hope everybody in the chat joins us for that chat along because that sounds fun. The 18. Yeah, it was. super. Okay. Yeah. But that's all I've got. Thank you so Love much. Love it. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Should we share? We have some things that we're yes. doing, too. Um, yeah. Bug. We are. What are, what are we doing? Um, on the I don't have a calendar in front of me. Saturday, the 20 something for. Yeah. 25th. I believe 24th or 5th this Saturday. Yeah. Um, we're going to be on a women in horror film panel um, for Etheria film festival. Yeah. So come check or out Ethereal. That. It's not the one that's in LA. It's in Texas. Um, right. We're on Instagram at KK Sam podcast. It's on my thing. That'll have all the details. Yeah. You know what? But that's your best bet. <laughs> Just come find our are, socials. One thing I do remember <laughs> is on the 30th, so oh, yeah. Friday night, we're going to do a special with our friend Paige, who's has a blog called Madam of Horror, and we're going to do drunk horror. Yep. So it'll be similar to drunk history, and it'll be us telling the tale with no notes um, and see if the Madam of Horror can stay alive. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm so gonna that's get, what we got going on. I'm going to see if I can get Scarlett to say happy birthday real quick. <gasps> Yay! We'll if, she, uh, if she pays attention. But... Um, Yes, you have your social media on there. Everybody look at that. I'll be right back. Yes. yes. So you can follow us at KK Sam Podcast on all the things. Um, our website is com, And you can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. And you, we also have a really fun Facebook group called Sammy Stay oh, Alive. Yeah. Maybe you can come and chat with us over there. We're always interacting it's with like people there. It's a really there. fun group of people. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I feel it's, like if you like the chat here, it'd probably be fun the same. Can you say happy birthday? Hi, Scarlett. Lucky. Yeah, birthday. Can you say happy birthday? Happy birthday. Yeah. You, Scarlett. Can you say cat? Cat. Thank you, my love. Oh, my God.
my god my heart just thawed out hi you have to hi, say sweet please. love let <laughs> 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 me get you up oh my god that little giggle i love her She wants me to spin her around on the chair. That's what we means. Ah, I see. I see. That's a pretty fun game. Getting spun around on a chair. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye. This was so much fun. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank, Thank you. So Good night. <laughs> Love you. Good night. Love you, too. And I, I will text you about doing this again. Bye. Yes. We're down. Bye. Bye, Scarlett. Bye, Scarlett. <laughs> Everybody at home, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. The recording will be sent to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ghosted me. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs>